Hello and welcome back to the Talk Norwich City podcast, episode number 73. It's been nearly one year since we've seen this lovely face on the podcast. Darren, it's a pleasure to have you back, my friend. Great to be here. Good to see you. Um, Yeah, one year ago, I think, we last filmed and a lot has changed since then, both (laughs) with the club. um, Has anything changed with you? What are you up to nowadays? My life is exactly the same. Uh, Yeah, still living the dream? Yes. Still, it's not a, it's not a difficult life. Watch, watch a load of football, do a bit of radio now and again. Yeah, uh, go through the old old clubs and it's been it's been great. So, you know, for long may it continue. I, I think you said last time on the podcast you were running sixty kilometres a week. Is that still happening? No, because I pulled my hamstring a little bit. Oh, have you? But I'm still biking, cross training, still working hard. Nice, Chris. One year ago, we were pretty much in a relegation battle. We're going to talk a lot about Norwich. Obviously, it's a Norwich City podcast over this, but. A lot's changed in 12 months, isn't it? Yeah, my God. Um, I think, well, it's not just the, the stuff on the pitch behind the scenes as well. The the culture, the way that the club is being run, uh, the types of players that, we're now, that are now starting for the football club. I think if you'd have said to me 12 months ago that we'd be playing probably four or five youth players every week, you'd probably have laughed. Um, and now that's the reality, which is very exciting, of course. And Darren, obviously a lot of the players that you were with week in, week out through the academy, working with for years, have now broken through. It must be, must be good to see. It must be like a proud fatherly figure moment. Yeah, I suppose you know, all you want to do is see the players that you've worked with come through. And we're lucky enough that we've got you know, three or four coming through, but also we've got players like Glenn Middleton who's been playing for Rangers. Yeah. Ripping uh, it up there. Yeah, uh, obviously Benny Asher still just signed a new three-year contract at Wolves. Mm. I've got to say, is why the hell did we let Glenn Middleton go? You don't have to say. Well, why the hell did we let Glenn Middleton go? What a player! What a player! Potentially, that. you know, sometimes you have to move on. Mm. I don't think he showed his best to the people that were there at the time, and sometimes that happens. And you know, there's a player there because obviously Stephen Gerrard and Graham Cast. If they think you're a decent player, then you must be off decent. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. So probably one that got away, but you know, it's one of them things. Mm. And I know you're at Car Road every week, season ticket, watching the boys, but are you, do you feel slightly bitter that the way it ended for you and, and let go? Because I know kind of it happened and things moved on very quickly. We haven't quite heard your side of the story from it all. No, so, so where I, do you lie with it? I won't say bitter because I've been around the game for a long time and it, and it does happen. But, you know, it'd be nice to see the players coming through and still be there. It'd be nice to see the new change rooms being put up and the new gym being put mm. up and be part of that. But... You know, that's football and you know, Norwich is always going to be my club, whatever. Mm. So whether it's in the corporate side, whether it's mm. watching, the, it's, it's all the same. It's just, you know, I'm a fan now, like everybody else, and I've got my season tickets. And you know, it's just nice that everything seems to be falling into place. And, and hopefully, I know it's a, a big hopefully, mm. we can push on and hopefully get promoted because we've got another chance. We're, uh, yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. In Definitely. The- well, I mean, this point last season, I know we finished 14th, um, last season but Chris there was a clear lack of balance throughout the squad we'll certainly get on to the wingers one of the big things that Darren spoke about last year was we were basically playing like four number tens on the pitch mm. we weren't really scoring goals things weren't looking good yeah it's nice to kind of sit back and go now like Darren said we're second in the table great mm. result against Birmingham a few weeks ago yeah things are looking in the right direction now yeah they are uh, I still personally think we're punching above our weight in terms of how much has been scraped out of the club 
and then spat back in again. And I think that, you know, credit to the people that are in the room now, they're making it happen and it has moulded together in such a fantastic fashion of late. I think that we've produced some, some pretty big results and, of course, that run of games undefeated has put us very much in the mix. For me, we're punching above our weight, which is great, which is nice as a fan to not have that expectancy of we're going to get top two. And, you know, I'm slipping into that now. I'm starting to believe. But still, I think most Norwich fans are just so overwhelmingly happy with where we're at now. And again, if you had to say to me 12 months ago, this is where we'll be, I would have honestly laughed. All of the national pundits said Norwich are one of the favourites to go down. And look where we are now. It's beautiful. What's changed then? Because... Well, Madison goes, yeah, that, Murphy's that's goes. It, it sounds crazy, but if you just said at the start of the season you're losing your two best attacking players, yeah. which they were, yeah. statistically they were the best, but it's actually worked in our favour because instead of you know Madison having three touches, Leitner having three touches, Mario having three touches, and everything would be slow, mm-hmm. we've just speeded it up. You know, I think our football is a lot more dynamic, totally uh, a lot quicker, a lot more... Uh, putting people on the back foot than it was last season. I think last season br- blueprint is exactly the same as this, but we're just doing things mm. twice as quick. Mm. Obviously, the, it helps when you've got two athletic fullbacks that up and down all the time, but also two wide young players who also can go and press. And I think the spine of the team is very very strong. And then you've added that youth side of it, and it's it's been a masterstroke. Really. And you know, the manager's got to take hundred percent of the credit Agreed. because it'd have been easier. To keep Pinto and yeah. play him, but you put a young lad who, who's eighteen years old and is. If we've been, I've seen him nearly every game, and he's probably the best right back in the league at the minute, and, yeah. and that's down to the manager having the belief in him, and not taking the easy option of playing a Pinto who's on probably ten times more a week, but just saying no, I'm, this is what I'm going to do and fair play yeah. to the manager. I mean, as fans, when Jamal broke onto the scene and Max, and we probably knew a little bit more about Todd, but for us they were just there and it was happening. You've obviously seen the years of hard work and the training that's gone into it. We all know, you know, we've heard of so many how good they are at being pros, but have you been surprised in just the amount of impact they've had? Because it has been remarkable. Not really surprised with the impact, but how well they've just adapted more than anything because you you can chuck a kid in and he has a couple of good games and then all of a sudden, it gets a bit too much for me. You have to take him back out. But you look at Max, mm. you know, since the Ipswich game, he's played every game. Yeah. You know, for every minute of every game. And that was his debut this yeah, time yeah. And I can only remember in that in that span of games so far, he's only made one clang of a mistake that's led to a goal in that whole time. It speaks huge volumes. I've not defender. even seen people like get at him and like expose Why? him. Being, you know, he's been nine or ten out of ten every game, Pucks. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. You know, I was speaking to somebody about it the other day when I watched the 23s. And I said, how would Max look in this 23 game? And to be honest, we'd look exactly the same. Because mm. that's, how, that's how he works. That's how he trains. He trains every day with a purpose. He's no bother. He just gets on with his job. And you can see that it's translated from, obviously, to training, to the 23s, mm. to the first team. And, you know, at the minute... We, <laughs> I'm gonna how far speak. will he go? How far will he go in his career? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. At the minute, he's, after what, 15, 20 games, he's the best right back in the Championship. So, if we're going to be realistic, people are going to look at him, and that—that's what happens when you're in the championship and you're a young kid coming through. And you know, we just got to try and get the best out of all the young guys while they're here, and hopefully, push it on, push it to the Premier League. Because if you're in the Premier League, you ain't got to go anywhere. Mm. 
another one of the players, you know, Jamal and Max have taken huge credit. I think almost Todd Cantwell has gone slightly under the radar because just how good we've been this season. But let's not forget how many games he's played. You know Todd very well. What have you made of him? Because it's, it's been tough for him at times, but for me, I think he's he's looked very I good. Think, yeah, Todd, Todd has, you know, he's looked the part. He's been a, a good member of the team that's been doing well. Mm-hmm. But I've been slightly frustrated with Todd. Have you? Uh, yeah. Reason being, I know how much quality he's got in the final third. I know what a technician he is. I know how he can finish. And I still don't think everyone's seen the best of him yet. I still think there's more goals to come from him. I still think there's more. Mm. It can be more of a, a threat in the final third. But I, suppo- I suppose at the moment, and I, I, agree, I think his finishing, he'll be disappointed with that. But when you've got Pukki, when you've got Rhodes, when you've got others chipping in with goals, does that matter so much? I mean, well, it does if you want to stay in the team. Okay. Yeah. Because you've got Hernandez who want to, who want to, yeah. want to play. And if he comes on and creates a couple of chances or scores a couple of goals, That's then cool. you're out of the team. Yeah. Obviously, uh, on the other side. Buendia, is that mm. right, mate? Buendia, I think he's been absolutely excellent. Mm. Apart from the first few games when he got in, mm. I thought he was a little bit sloppy on the ball. Yeah, he's been a revelation as well. Mm. I just think he's, you know, he's top quality, but also he's his work rate, right. yeah. the way he put, closes his play down. At, you know, at Birmingham, mm. at Birmingham, I thought when he went off, we kind of, even though we were too good for Birmingham anyway, because I thought they were really poor, but I thought that we lost the impetus that he brings mm. just with his work mm. rate and his, you know, he's got a great touch and brings people in. So for Toddy, I think he's. He's got a, you know a great chance, but as a forward player, mm. you're always judged on goals and assists. What I would say about about Todd is that I think that the the criticism that he's come under from some a pocket of Norwich fans this season is just ridiculous. I think that you know as, as Darren said, you, you've not heard any negativity about Max. You've not heard any negativity about Jamal. For some reason, there is a pocket of Norwich fans that seem to be you know. Not not picking on Todd, but I just think that his the criticism is a little bit unfair, considering that he has played a lot of games. He is still young, which I know is almost an excuse now. Um, but but for me, I think that you know he he still deserves the time of day and, and respect, and say actually, you know what, he's still developing. Let's not bark at him. Let's not get on his back. And he's got some fantastic players around him that will make him look so much better as well. So. In my opinion, that that's been frustrating to see that, particularly on social media of late. And the criticism of Todd for me is, is unfair. He's still playing well in a team that's second in the league. Yeah, so exactly, so yeah. my cr- criticism is that I just think there's more to come. That's that's my. It's not a criticism. It's, it's just a backhanded compliment. Well, I, I, I know what ability he's got. I've seen it firsthand. You know, when I when we was when I was coaching Todd, it wasn't really about teaching him what to do. It was kind of toughening him up and making sure mm. that people didn't yeah. take liberties with him by booting him and then him out of the game for twenty minutes. Yeah. that's what he used to be like. Okay. You know, they admit that someone whacked him and it would take him 15 minutes to, to get in the room again, yeah. sort his hair out and then... <laughs> but, but, he's, but he's got better than that because I've seen him now, he takes a kick, he's, you know, he's quite robust but you know, there's more to come from him. And we, we only spoke about Ben Goffrey, you know, he's come in oh, two yeah, or three God. games yeah, exactly. and he just like, looks like a, a, yeah. a, a accomplished professional. And, you know, whether he's played at right back, whether he's played at left back, whether he's played at centre half, yeah. he hasn't looked out of place and mm. you know, you've got to give the manager a load of credit because it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not easy Chucking kids in. I always forget that Ben is still a youth player because he's, 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 20 years he's, old, an, he? he's an absolute animal, isn't he? Like he's big and he's strong and his celebrations scare I'm me. I'm not messing around with him, that's for sure. I'm definitely not messing around. With yeah, him. you know when he came came to us, he was already you know he was already pretty old. Age. He was eighteen, so we didn't like developing for it. But he was a bloke when mm-hmm. he could, you know he's, even though playing in the youth team, he was a man, and you wouldn't want to get. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get away, though, would you? No, no, no. Um, it's an interesting one at the moment. We're, we're second in the table. 
the top team, Leeds United. Let's let's talk about this because the Spygate, it's been going on. Marcelo Bielsa has apparently sent spies, spies to all uh, the teams they've played. It started off um, coming out that they spied on Derby since then. Um, apparently they've spied on every team they've played this season. Norwich City were one of the 11 teams that wrote to the EFL asking for clarification. They certainly didn't ask for Leeds to be deducted points. It was all about clarification. What have you made of this, Darren? Because maybe uh, back in your day, were there yeah, spies? Was that happening? Or was this well, a maybe not? Thing? Maybe not to that extreme, but it happens all over the place. People, ex-teammates or teams that other people used to play for used to get a phone call. Used to yeah. play it happens all the time. I think he's come out of it, come out of it, and just maybe made himself. I think some people like it actually because he went and obviously a big dossier about this, mm. this, and this, and this. It happens all the time. The fact of the matter is, when we played Leeds, we played well for the first twenty minutes. Mm, yeah. And then they overpowered us. So, well, you know, our first twenty minutes, they knew what if they knew what our team was. We were playing pretty well. Mm. So, I think too much should be made of it. Just get on with it. I do. I do think that it was out of order. But what can you do? You can't. Mm. You're on private land, and ethically, it's yeah. not right. But it's a game of football. You know, games can change in two minutes. Do you think it was Chris? Do you think it was right for Norwich City to? to try and get clarification off the EFL or should we have just let it go? Is this possibly a distraction for us? If someone's rocking up outside my property looking at my football team, I absolutely want clarification. Of course I do. And, you know, who knows about these other clubs if they have actually had their training facilities broken into, of course of course, you want clarification. The thing that's frustrating for me, and, and you know, I, I came on and got some tremendous plaudits from the Leeds fans because they were excellent at Carrad. As Darren said, they completely overpowered us. I'm of the faith that Leeds United... They don't even need to do that. They've got all of the ability and all of the... I mean, Darren will know this firsthand. The amount of data in football now, you do not need some old boy being a spy for... You just don't need it. It's, it is unnecessary. You don't need it. And as Darren said, there's people like ex-players. You know, someone's played for the club before and they know what's going on. That's always going to happen. You don't need a spy. There's so much data. You don't need a spy. The thing is, we're going to be playing them in a couple of weeks. Mm. They'll be watching our last four or five games. We'll be watching their last four or five games. Mm-hmm. You virtually know what team's going to play. Our yeah. team virtually picks itself now, doesn't it? Yeah. If everyone's fit, maybe Hernandez or Cantwell. But really, everything else is set in stone. Yeah. So I don't think it's too much into it. It's what happens on the day. I mean, who turns up, basically? Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go back to Norwich. I think something else that Darren said last time on the podcast was how tough the the new signings, especially the German lads, had had found it to to transition. And a lot of them had. We looked at Mario Vrancic, was struggling at points last season. Um, Moritz Leitner. There were a few that you thought, okay, that they're really out of their depth here. Let's go back to the the Birmingham game in this season. How much difference do you think there's been with the likes of Vrancic, with the likes of Leitner? Are they starting to impress you now? Well, we always knew that uh, Leitner was a good player. He was Mm. probably playing too far up the pitch. That was his problem. When he's dropped back a bit, bit deeper with Teti and he's dictating the play there you know he's looked unbelievable more mm. passing than anybody else yeah. I think the big big one this year has been Steepman yeah, I think God, yeah. you know if we'd all judged him at the end of that season we'd have thought no nah, it's not for us mm. but playing him further up the pitch where he, I don't know what his best position was before he came here but it looked like he was playing left back most of the time when he got here on left midfield and he, he looked a bit out of his depth but so would you ask me to go and play right back mm. so so if, Fair play to him because you know he's looked a different player playing yeah. as, a, as a ten, you know, powerful, strong, you know, puts himself about, good on the ball. Let's be honest, there's nobody who's, who's had a bad season this this season. Very true. So very very true. Everybody who's played, you know, we're second in the league, deservedly so, 
and to get second league you need everybody playing well mm. and that's how it's been for like I say since mm. the Ipswich game give or take a couple of losses mm. I don't even think we deserve to lose that game Stoke were, were much better than Stoke mm. yeah. Derby for 70% of the game until the floodlights went out yeah. we, were, we were 20 minutes into Derby I was thinking we are going to beat these 6 7 yeah. Because mm-hmm. that, that's how, yeah, they were giving the ball away. Yeah. To be fair, they got better. Yeah. And, and second half, both teams looked a bit tired. Yeah. And they, I wouldn't say overpowered us, but you know, they probably they'll probably say they deserve something out of the game. If you score well, four goals away from, if you, days, no, if you score four goals away from them, though, you deserve something. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't think there's been a game where we've been poor and then deserve something. Mm. So, consistency is massive in this championship, and at the minute, everyone's playing well. Consistent. We're consistent. We look like we can score goals. I've yeah, just got to keep it going. And the genuine belief is there as well. Like the players aren't thinking they're punching above their weight. The players are thinking we can do this now. We're, we're in the hot seat. We're in the driving seat. We can we can go and take this. And it's actually quite nice that we're second because you don't want to be looking over your shoulder. Leeds have got that problem. They're going to be paranoid about who's coming up fast. You know, Sheffield United. Is it going to be Norwich? What's happening with Brom? There's a there's a surge of Hull at the moment as well. So Leeds are going to be shitting themselves. Um, whereas Norwich, we're, we're kind of almost still the underdog, but the players will have the belief that they can go on and do it now. And so they should do, absolutely. I mean, going back to particularly Mario Vrancic and Marco Steepman, Jack, I remember last season you saying, these players aren't even fit for League One. I don't you, know if I said that, but I didn't you, think they were You definitely said that with Mario Vrancic. No, no, and I'm not trying to throw you in the deep end. I'm actually saying it's a real nice thing. Mm. How incredible is it that those players at that point were viewed at that level and now they are, you know on the cusp of, you know, one of our best seasons since you-know-who and, and, and Nigel Worthington, literally since then, in terms of the points that we've racked up so far. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how how many points, you, Darren, you think we can get. But for, for me, I think it's incredible that you've got players that have been lip, literally on the ground, no confidence to literally mm. almost top of the championship. It's been incredible. And fair play to Daniel Farker. Fair play to him because he has turned it around. And Darren, Chris mentioned there a moment ago about mindset. You've been in very successful sides all over the place. What do you think the current mindset is in that Norwich team? Because I think there's still a lot of fans, Chris mentioned earlier, that still feels like we're punching above our weight slightly. We could fall off a cliff edge soon. And then I see Tim Krull come out and talk to Paddy Dabbitt and says, you know, we know that we're good enough and, and we know that we're going to be up there at the end of the season. What do you think the mindset is at the moment? I would like to think after playing 20 games mm. and being virtually better than everyone we've played against, that you'd like to think that you're thinking about getting top two. Right. I think you've got to. If you're in this position now, you've got to be thinking top two. You've got to. You've got to because you, you've played everybody now. And realistically, now I watched Birmingham the other day and they're seventh in the league. Yeah. And I thought they were terrible. They, yeah. I know they probably... Or was it us being really good? Well, I don't think we were that good second off. No, but we blew them away first. Yeah, yeah, but, no, but I like where Darren's at there because what you're saying is there's a load of average teams and that actually says to me that you've got Sheffield, you've got the next three games everyone's saying are, you know, are the cup finals for us. But even if we lose all three of those games, not that we are, but even if we do, we, we should win all the other games comfortably because well, we're better than all the yeah, other teams. It's going to be, I'm, I'm not saying it'll be a walk-up because I don't think it will be. It'll be tough. There'll be times where things are going wrong. and But actual on paper mm. with the players we've got and the way we're playing yeah, absolutely. we should go into every game confident in games some things could happen people get injured that, that's life but if you're looking actually pound for pound at players and who you're playing against we should be really confident like Birmingham halfway through the first half when we were 3-1 up it was like Birmingham winning 3-1 mm. 
Mm. We're just dropping off. us, letting us pass. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Mm. It was it was like too easy. Yeah. I'm like, I think someone's going to have to start putting the foot into him. Birmingham's <laughs> going to manage going to get mental. Start closing down. Mm. But I just didn't know if they were scared of us or they thought we were going to pick them off. But it was kind of like comfortable. Yeah, but that's the word I was then going to use. That's almost the first win this season where it's felt comfortable. So yes, we've True. been better than a lot of teams. I completely agree. But at the same time, we sneaked through against Rotherham. We sneaked through against Millwall. You know. Yeah, well, against Forest, we should have lost that game. Yeah. So... Even, though, even though I thought we played okay. If you're 3-0 up with 10 minutes to go, whatever... <laughs> You know your game. You, you know if you're the forest game. forest team, you're going away from that game thinking that's ridiculous because <laughs> game management. You know if you're three and up, there's no way on earth you should lose that game. Maybe so, Karanka's now low, well, yeah. no longer there, but but like, <laughs> but we are scoring goals. We always look like we're going to score goals. Mm. You know we've conceded a few as well. Yeah, but if you've got that mindset where you can outscore teams, and when we won the, won the league, mm. you know even though we had a great defence, we did. We had the best defence in the league. I always thought that we were going to score more goals than the team. Yeah. So, I just think we're in a, such a good place at the minute. And if we're going to be really honest, you don't want to get stuck in playoffs. No, no. Because there's going to be some not. big teams here, yeah. and it's a lottery, isn't it? Yeah, anything, yeah, can happen. Yeah, yeah. anything could happen. And you, you know, you you know, for fact, teams like Middlesbrough, Derby, maybe a Villa, maybe a Hull, mm-hmm. Sheffield United, mm-hmm. they're all they're they're all going to be there or thereabouts, and it's it literally it's a free for all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. if you can, you want to take care of business, get yourself up. It's, in, it's interesting you just mentioned there about when you, when you were playing for Norwich and that fantastic team, you always felt like you were going to score goals. What was it about the team? Because last season we had Madison, you know, we had some very talented players, but it never felt like we were going to score loads of goals. This season, we haven't got any standouts, but we're ticking along nicely. I think this is a, a real good, solid team ethic. We, we're playing a, you know, a certain way. Mm-hmm. We're, when I when I came, it was already a, an established solid championship team. Yeah. So you had a you know a great back four. Andrew was best left back in the league. Edward Irby went up three times. You obviously Malkin, Flem, who was strong, knew the game. You had Holt in front of that. Mm. So we were already and Greeny and goal was England goalkeeper. So it was already hard to beat. Yeah. We had obviously some good good midfielders. We had a goal. Well, people could score goals. Leon McKenzie, obviously Robbo, Svensson came in. Mm. So there was always going to be goals if you got the ball in the right right place and you put the ball in the box. Was going to score goals and truthfully, I, when I played, I didn't believe anyone could stop me. So mm. that that's how it was. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I thought <laughs> we've got the best defence in the league. We've got people who can score goals, and whoever's playing against me or on the other side, they went out stop us. So that's and you just get that belief. And I think someone said on mm. Twitter today, "When did you know that you were going to? You know, you got a chance to go as soon as after Christmas." I just knew that. Really? Yeah, I just knew we were not too strong, but I just thought we're not going to concede that many goals. Who is actually going to be able to stop us? We knew it was going to be difficult because it always is. Mm. But if you've got that belief, you know, I could come from Man City and we won the league there, and I, the season after I came to Forest and we got knocked out in the playoff semi finals, then I come to Norwich. So it was like three years mm. of kind of knowing what you could produce in the Championship. So, you know, I was pretty confident as soon as we got here that. We had a good, solid team, and it makes a massive difference if you believe in your teammates. And I'm sure the lads in this team believe in each other 100%. You mentioned there about having that belief that no one can stop you. I think a player at the moment who has that is Timu Puki. Now, your good son, Tom Huckabee, um, tweeted on the 1st of the 7th, 2018, if Puki scores more than 10 championship goals this season, I'll get his name tattooed on my ass." Looks like it was tweeted from Florida, so maybe you're on holiday. We're on holiday. Maybe, maybe he had a couple of calls right or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's obviously now scored 16 
League goals, uh, and he tweeted um, last month, Pookie, you've killed me. Um, so when is this tattoo happening? Have you booked it in? Will it no, be going? Uh, did you tell him off for that tweet? Did well, he get a bit of a telling off? Not telling off, because if you want to put stupid things on social media, it's going to come back and bite your ass, isn't it? We know that. Be... <laughs> Tattooed on your ass. Yeah. Obviously, you've seen the teams he played for before, and he didn't have much. But then, that's in hindsight, we all probably thought, you know, did we know if he'd be able to, he struggled in the championship, no, he struggled in Scotland. Yeah. But he's, he's been a revelation. Mm. You know, he's a, he's a complete opposite of the centre forward we just let go. Yes. Not only does he score goals, but also he works his balls off for the team week in, week out. And it makes a massive difference. Mm. You know, Rhodes has come in and done okay. But Pookie is the one who literally, you know, he looks some, some games looks like he only needs one chance and it's a goal. Yeah. So, mm. But it's also his work rate that he puts in for the, for the team and, you know, it's been a revelation, and it's, it's another one where you're thinking, right, let's keep hold of him. Is this tattoo mm. happening, mate? Well, actually, you've got to drive my, there. My, my lad's, my lad's 19 years old. You know, it's up to him to decide. What got to, to, no, you've got to teach him a lesson, Dan. You've got to nip this in the bud. Look, when is he going to stop? I've tried. I've tried. He went to private school. That didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else can I do? What else can I do? Right, it's time for some Twitter questions. As well as that. Um, Darren, you, I think, famously brought the best gift to the podcast ever before. You brought some Lynx Africa gift, um, Christmas gift sets. Lovely, sadly, lovely, lovely, Santa Claus lovely. must have left them somewhere. I didn't receive them any of you for this Christmas, but not to worry. You've brought something else to the show this time. Now, talk to me about what you've given us here. Well, multiple copies. So what's this? This is a book I did, I don't know, what was it, like four years ago or something. The reason being, I've got loads left in my garage, so I have to get rid of them. <laughs> so so they thought, didn't sell well? It's a few, yeah. yeah. It's really well. Nice. Yeah. You just printed too many. Yeah, printed too many. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's nice. I, you know, Limited edition, though. Get to send them out to places. and yeah. Thanks, mate. Fantastic. No That's lovely. Um, no what we're going to do, we've got, what, six copies. Me and Chris have got one each, so we'll be reading them tonight. Um, now, we've got four copies to give away. One of them is a Coventry cover so a Coventry fan can have that come on let's get the Coventry fans involved there if you, you want to yours. win one of these retweet the podcast and go and follow Darren I'm sure you, you already are and you can win one of these we'll post them out yeah happy with that Darren yeah yeah fine yeah. that's what I'm born for good 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 so we'll give them away uh, right let's come to some Twitter questions we have received a lot a lot of questions the first one being from Cameron Duran he said what is Norwich's strongest midfield partnership? Vrancic, statistically, the biggest contrib- contributor to goals. Schreiber and Leitner, uh, the best at uh, controlling the tempo of games. Tete, physically outstanding, plus the return of McLean and Louis Thompson. Big question. That's probably been the, the partnership that's been changed the most this season. What are your two that are getting on the team? Well, I'd, 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 it's a three. So okay. I'd have Tete, Leitner when he's fit, and Stephen. So, Steepen as a 10? Yeah, as a 10, but we go all have the play. So, so say that again. So, Tete? Leitner, Morris Leitner. Yeah. Steepen, that's sort of. I, I'd always play Tete. You know, if you're doing what he does, I think he does it better than anybody else in the Championship. Wow. And I, obviously, not the best on the ball. Yeah. But that's what you got Leitner for. So, yeah. I'd always have Tete in there. I think if you look at the games when he plays, you know, he does a great job. As long as you don't ask him to try smashing ball 60 yards and try and be a safra. If you just yeah. ask him to break play up, he's very good yeah. at it. And, like I said, I think when them three are playing well. Well, that's the tribal argument put to bed, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, Chris, because you're a massive fan of Tom Tribal. Friday comes on or starts, Mate. scores. The celebration looked like it was one of, you know, he's been up against it this season and has proved a few people wrong with that goal. 
Is he getting in the team for you? He always has been. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Alex Tete. I do think he breaks up play well. I think Daniel Farker's team lends itself to more of a complete footballer. And I honestly believe right now that Tom Tribal is a better pass of the ball. He controls the ball and the, te- and, the, and the tempo much better. I think Tete does break the play up more effectively than Tribal. I'll give him that. But I think overalls are... But what I keep having to say this to justify my point. I just think that now, if I was Daniel Farker, I would be trying to blood in Tribal more. Because Tete is getting on and you, you can't play him all the time. And you've seen this season, the, the games that he's made mistakes in have been the games where he's played too many games in a row and he's knackered. And it's nothing against Tete, it's just where he's at in his career. And, you know, you saw Tom Tribal, he was he was so, so good in the last game. He was, a, he was definitely a 10 out of 10 for me, not just because of the fact he scored. He won everything and he didn't give the ball away. So it's totally in line with his song. But if Hux is saying to me... No, what I'm saying... Uh, you, you like I think Tete more, it, then no, I'm going to well, shut I up. Think, no, no, I'm just thinking Birmingham were really poor. They were. Yeah, so, you know... <laughs> I don't know for me, when we're playing the good teams... If Lightner's fit, I'd have Tete and Lightner. Okay. So what about if Tete isn't fit and Lightner is, who's going in Tete's role? Well, it has to be tribal because there's not anybody else really breaks up play. You know, Louis Thompson's just coming back from injury. Yeah. So McLean? I think he's probably more suited a bit higher up the pitch okay. as a mm-hmm. as a someone to come for Steepman or someone one of the wide men. Yeah. So I think it's between tribal Lightner and Mm, fair enough. No, Mario's done okay as well. He played for Ascot, scored a couple of goals. Yeah. So he beat. His goal against Birmingham was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Really well taken. So he's got some good options. It's nice to have options, certainly. Uh, Matthew McGregor asks Does Hux like Argos? And if so, how much? Of course, Arnold Hernandez saying one of his favourite things about moving to Norwich is the Argos and living next to a Costa. <laughs> Argos Hernandez. I'm not sure about the Argos shot. No. And my first Starbucks over Costa, so. Yeah, it was a bit, bit of fun, wasn't it? It was nice that they had uh, they tweeted. How, how much stuff can you actually buy from Argos? I don't know. But... I think there's a lot. Are you not an Argos man? Not really. He's a bit... To be fair, who is an Argos man? Apart from Argos Hernandez. Oh, who Argos. Actually... Yeah, but come on. Don't get on the bandwagon. What do you think Arnold's buying from there? You're, you're a similar mould, good wingers. <laughs> what do you think he's going in there and getting? I don't know what he needs for his flat. He's probably like, just come over here, probably needs lampshades and all that kind of... The basics. So yeah. where are you getting your lampshades from then? I've all my lampshades I've had since I moved here 13 years ago. You ain't got to keep buying stuff. It's just, yeah, just quality, is it? True. Argos, you need to be replacing every year, don't you? Yeah. It's like, it's like IKEA, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah. Movie. But it's got to be a charm. Now that this has all happened, there's got to be an I Argos. I thought it was quite a good banner from Argos as well. Oh, there is. Nothing like getting a bit of a free publicity. Yeah, indeed. exactly. Indeed. Um, Salutin Shrebeni asks, how crucial the next two games in our season? The phrase six-pointers definitely comes to mind. Sheffield United at home, Leeds away, Ipswich at home. I think Sheffield United at home is more important than Leeds away, if I'm going to be brutally honest. Because okay. you get to Leeds and if you get Nick a point, it's I a good disagree. point. I disagree, yeah. It's probably if we, got, if we don't get something Saturday and then we've got to go Leeds mm. and win and then we're not with two losses, then it's, mm. a, it's, it's a bad... So for me, Saturday's massive. Get, get rid of Saturday. Obviously, uh, Mr. Wilder will be you know, fuming if we get a result. But I think we've got more than I watched them the other day against Swansea. That I thought they were bang average, so... It'll be a tough game, it'll be bustle and bustle, it'll be trying to kick us off the pitch, but yeah. I think Saturday's a massive game. But they play some good football, Sheffield United, as well. Got, yes, they will kick the shit out of us, but they do play some yeah, good they've football. Yeah, they've got some good players who can finish. Yeah. 
you know McGoldrick's a good player, mm-hmm. Sharp will, if you yeah. give him a sniff, he'll score a goal. So mm-hmm. you know they're a good they're a good team. Mm-hmm. They play yeah. a certain way, but I think it's vitally important that we get a good home result before we go to Leeds. And then you go to Leeds, and actually the pressure is off. It's almost like a bonus game. Yes, you know on paper it's you know you know the top team against the team second place, but from Norwich City's point of view, we're st- we're, it's going to be a very hostile environment. It's going to be very hard. They will definitely be more up for it than us. Or will they? Maybe. We'll be so up, so up against it that we'll surprise them. Honestly, I've, I really am of the faith that we'll go to Leeds and we will surprise them. I, th- I think that they'll be... Comp- I do think, despite all of the data available, having turned us over at Carrow with ease, that will be in the players' heads, 100%. That if they... They will go into that game knowing that they've already turned us over at home. That You, you won't be able to get that out of your head. So... And, and also for, for Leeds, it, the pressure's on them. As I've said already, they'll be looking over their shoulder. If they lose that game to us, they, they, they're having a wobble all of a sudden. Well, I was going to say, Dan, do you think we're bigging Leeds up a bit too much here? I know they're top of the table, but they've lost four of their last six games. Bielsa's teams, we, we all know that they burn out. Are we, are we bigging them up a bit much? Are we getting a bit excited about this? I, I don't think there's any standout team in this league. I think mm-hmm. everyone can beat everybody. It just... Uh, Matters what you do on the day, and we're good enough to go there and get something. And they're also good enough to go there and play really well, and beat yeah. us. So it's just like what happens on the day, and you know how your players turn up. And mm. like I say, if we Leeds is a really difficult place to yeah. play, and if we you know, go goal up, and you know you don't know what's going to happen on Saturday, but if they don't get a result, then you know it all has pressure. So it should be a game that our players should be looking forward to and ready to really thrive. So, and of course, then you said it. We don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks. It's then Ipswich. What have you made of their season so far? What have you made of Lambert's attempts at turning their fortunes around? It's it's a, it's a funny old story down there at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know Lambert went into a, a team that was already very very poor. Yeah, you know, they've, they've tried to make a couple of signings and you know, they brought tried to bring a bit of experience in, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're right up against it. They're right up against it, and you know, I, I'd be surprised that. So many people want Ipswich to go down. I, you know, I don't, honestly don't want Ipswich to go down. Why? I, I don't. I honestly don't. I, what? I, I don't. I don't. If, well, if that's they, the title sorted. No, if they, <laughs> it's, it's not just the. I just remember when we went down and all the people who worked in the car road and the kitchens and the, mm. in the box office all got sacked or all got let go. And it's not just mm. the eleven players on the pitch and the, the coaching staff. It's everything that goes with it. I, I just, you know, I might might just be me, but. You know, but someone's got going to have three yeah, so, teams are going to have that yeah, happen. Would yeah, you yeah, of course. Yeah. Be Ipswich. Well, the... uh, I'd rather be a nobody, but sort of three going down. But mm. for your local rival, you know, say we don't go up, mm. Ipswich go down, and then you know you're, you're missing a massive game. I hate the derby, though. Are you saying? That, are you, I'm going to I'm going to be brave here. Are you saying that because you're your best mates there? No, no, no. You are. I, right, I, I have this argument with Tom all the time. My, my lad is saying, "Get him down." Get them relegated. Hope they, don't win, hope, hope they don't win another game. But I, I don't look at it like that. You know, the, I reckon if they go go down, they could be in real, real trouble. As in, they've got what thirteen thousand fans in there. Serious yeah, trouble. You know, if they go down to ten, eight, nine, ten thousand fans, you know, Ipswich are a big club. I know we banter them. I know it's easy three points every time we play them. But you know, I wouldn't want people, you know, losing their jobs and stuff. Like that. I, I wouldn't. And, but if Swiss fans weren't nice to us when we went down, yeah, they weren't well, Maybe saying... we should be better than that. Maybe we should be better than that. You know, okay, I like this. Well, they were chucking what? Yeah. Are you right? I know this cold. I know you've got <laughs> no, no, cold, no. Darren. But, no, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't 
No, good well, man. I, I, so I, I'm, I'm, I being, I'm being truthful. I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the dog. I enjoyed playing in it. Mm. I enjoyed everything that it brings to it. And it, mm. you know, I think it will be a big loss if they go down. The, I really do. And I think Darren's touched on something quite important there. Is when Norwich went down, you did know, you knew that. 26,000 people were going to turn up to that first game in League One, although that was horrific. You knew we were going to turn up in our numbers. You knew we were going to back the boys. And there was the belief. There was the support. You, we did manage to keep a couple of you know good players. Obviously, we had a legend in charge of the club at the time as well. Whereas with Ipswich, if they go down, I think I honestly predict that they'll rot. I have no, How are they going to come back from that in the state that their club is in? Crippling debt. League One players already. So Darren is right. If you if you think about it in a non-footballing sense, it is harsh on the people that have been at Ipswich for a long time. But in a footballing sense, I'm with Tom Huckabee. I, I hope they do yeah. go down. Because uh, I will never forget the day that we went down, Darren, and it was hell on earth with the Ipswich fans. Well, see, I was living and in I'm America at the time. <laughs> no, but I was. I was living in America, so you, kind of, you don't really yeah. get the... But I just think of the teammates play for commentary. You know, yeah. They went down, as soon as they went down to the Premier League, Championship, mm-hmm. then League One, League Two, and back to League One, and it can really cripple a club and finish a club. And I'm going to say I won't want to see any club going under. I think it means too much to people. It really does. And I'm not saying that I want them to beat us or anything like because that's ridiculous. I'd want to slap them down every time I can, we can. But I, th- I think it's big. It's more important than just. I respect that. Uh, do you think that's your? Do you think that's your? That's you with your player hat on. Is that why you have that opinion? Do you respect? The Norwich fans that do want Norwich, that do want Ipswich to rot and go down. People can think what they want; it don't really matter. It's just my opinion. It's mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the derby games. I love playing them. I love watching them now. And I think I hate it. I get sick well, of time. Yeah, because it's, horrible, it, yeah, but it's a chore. You'd rather be you'd rather be wanting or worried about something than it not being there. Yeah, true. Because it's just that it makes it. Oh, that play against Rotherham. Who cares? <laughs> no, but it's true, though. It? But yeah. it, it means sorry, Rotherham. Nothing against Rotherham, but. <laughs> Everything gets rather yeah, yeah. but I guess if players don't want to lose their jobs, maybe they should pull their socks but, up. But it won't be the players. It won't matter because the no, players will move on. I know, I know. So halfway through the next season, often the players will be gone. Mm. But the fans will never be gone. Yeah. So. Well, they are gone. Yeah, they're going. They're not there but, already, Dan. But the diehard, the diehards will still be there. But, yeah. you know, you say that it's the players who've put us in this situation, but then players will be gone. And then you're just left mm. with what's left. And, that's just my opinion. Well, it. and Lambert said today, and we'll move on from Ipswich in a moment. And Gilly's my mate, and he's, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to lose Gilly to lose his job either. So. No, it's, it is interesting because you know it was branded as a new era when um, oh, God, I can't even remember his name. It was the manager, previous manager's name, Hurst. Hurst came in. They were going to use a lot of youth players come through. We've now seen them sign James Collins, etc. That identity's gone. That era's gone. Norwich mm. went down that route, stuck with it, and it worked. So well done to Norwich for sticking with their new era. We're just better. Yes. Let's he's move still, on. He's still just giving a bit of stick. Uh, Michael Garwood. Um, Chris and Jack have been kidnapped by Ipswich fans and tiled to a railway line. The train from Norwich to Liverpool Street is unbelievably on time and approaching fast. You have time to save one. Who do you choose and why? We replied to this on Twitter. My yeah. dog. He's better, looking than, he's better looking than both of you. He's got a better personality. Let's move on. The dog's not even in the equation. Dad. It's not even. Well, obviously, I'm walking my dog on the side of the thing, and it could be, in, it could be in danger as well. I save the dog. Okay. Unlucky, you two. Okay. Well, thank you very much. No problem. I might be reading one of your autobiographies. Yeah. I'm stuck on the train. Yeah. Um, what a question, by the way. Bristol Rovers polls. Good to have you back, Bristol Rovers polls. Any memories of playing Bristol Rovers? Because Bristol Rovers polls gets in touch every week, and I don't know why he's still watching, but we love him. 
I don't, I don't think I've ever played against Bruce Rovers. No? I honestly don't think I've ever played against Rovers. He asks, um, thoughts on Ben Marshall going on loan to Millwall? It kind of went under the radar, that one, mm. didn't it? Ben Marshall, been a bit unlucky, didn't he, at Norwich? Was he ever a right-back? I, I, I don't mm. think he was. I, mean, but I think he, came, he thought he was a winger, didn't he? Well, he played on the wing for, for most of the time for Millwall. Yeah. He came here, obviously, they never really fancied Pinto, because that's why... Last season played most of the time at right back. Harrison Reed. Yeah, Harrison Reed played yeah. most of the time at right back. Obviously, Max Allen has come in, and if we're going to be brutally honest, Max Allen is better right back than Pinto and. Marcus. It's obvious, mate. Yeah. He absolutely is a better right yeah, back. Yeah, so it's a no-brainer going let him play some football. Yeah, you know we've got nothing. No point just keeping him sitting on the sideline doing nothing. So mm. go and let him play some football. You know, everyone wins. And of course, there was a whole saga. I'll, I'll move quickly away from this regarding Remy Matthews he was gone to Bolton it was going to be made permanent in January he was then came back because Ken Anderson couldn't afford things and he screwed up the finances and now he's back there again what did you make of Remy and should he be given a ch- should he have been given a chance uh, it's difficult because obviously he had a I would say a bit of an iffy pre-season yeah they went and brought Krul in you know Krul didn't really start the season too well mm. and then we'll say no oh, should have got rid of Remy but obviously was an established was an established Premier League player. He's probably getting back to the to the levels that he was then. Mm. So let Remy go out and go and play some football. There's no point in him sitting yeah. sitting there for another two years doing nothing. Go and play, and you know you, you always you can always look back and say this is if you're sitting there, especially as goalkeeper, doing nothing for five, six, seven years. You can get to the end of your career thinking I've only played hundred games. Yeah. So for me, go play, go and play some football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best of luck to Remy at Bolton. I'm glad it's all finally sorted out. Uh, Jordan Wilson asks, who would you put on the next penalty? Certainly haven't been good at taking penalties this season, have we? Uh, I'll still give it to your, your forward players. I'd be Pookie all day long. Yeah. 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 Although he's missed some. Yeah, has he missed one, hasn't he? Yeah. Missed one, Rose, Rose has missed, missed two. two. Mm-hmm. I'd be Pookie all day long. Yeah. Chris? I agree. agree. Pookie, straight down the middle. Okay. Nice. Um... <laughs> if you get to 20, does Tom have to have one on both arse cheeks? <laughs> What, team team move? Yeah, I like that. Okay, like yes, that's 20 goals. Would you go half on the tattoo if that was the case? No. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, your dad's just agreed to a new bet. Yeah. I th- well, I think he'll probably get to 20. I think the last player to score 20 Holt in a season, Tolte. Yeah. So, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. John Reed, how would the conversation play out if you bumped into Rhoda in Tesco's? Now, do you like Tesco's? Is that your go-to supermarket? No, 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 no. I literally, I can no, sniff right that. Right I can okay. sniff I'm, I'm in between Waitrose and Tesco, so I can pick either one. Okay. Uh, like I said, I had no problem with Rona. I, yeah. I didn't, never, never, never had any problem with The way he handled when I left was slightly different, but you know, when I was there working, you know, my preparation and my, where I got ready for games never changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what happened before he got to Norwich made Glenn Rhodes the way he was when he was at Norwich. Okay. I think a lot of people took advantage of him. Let me change the question. What would you have done to Glenn Rhodes when it did happen a week after you bump into him in Tesco's? Waitrose. I'd have been fine because it's, it sounds really daft. But if you sign a contract and your contract's up, mm. that's how it goes. Mm. They, they didn't have to give you a new contract. They didn't. And... You know, yeah, but I only, just, I only yeah. signed year contracts for, for that reason. I didn't want a, the club to be tied down to have to pay me mm. three years' money if they want to get rid of me. So it was always a year contract. I just never thought I'd ever leave. Mm. But the way it was handled, it was, it's not really the, so much not getting a new contract. It was just the way it was handled to try to push it, wait till everyone the season's gone, the season finished, 
and then trying to well, not just where I spoke to him, and it was on Sky five minutes later. It was like literally, what's going on here? Mm. My missus saw it on Sky, Jesus. which is which is it's not. I'm still talking to the. I have the meeting. I'm still talking to the lads, mm. and my phone's ringing. She goes, "What's going on? You've you've just been let go, and it's on Sky Sports." Mm. So it was all set up. So then must have, the club must have known. Bosch, we're releasing this at half ten. That's when we go. So it was just a little bit underhand. It was like, do, do we really need to do that? Why mm. didn't you say it a week ago? Mm. That's one of the things. Tom also asked, who would you rather punch, him or Glenn Roder? Uh, well, that's my lad saying yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> the problem I got is I could go home, go home for training at whatever, two o'clock, and I wouldn't have to see Glenn Roder for the rest of the But I, I can't get rid of Tom. I'm trying to get rid of him. I can't get rid of him. How do I kick him out? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe take him a tattoo pen. And, uh, I don't know. He's, he's only got about... I don't know, two or three months I'm throwing him out. <laughs> you got a spare room here? <laughs> no. He couldn't pay rent anyway. He didn't have enough money. Um, the Unthanked Kitchen. What's the most amusing thing an Ipswich fan has ever tweeted about you? Yeah, we know oh, you like a bit of Twitter banter. Uh, I don't know, I get a stick off them all the time. I try and wind them up a little bit. But it's all, I won't say it's all friendly, but it's all... Nothing, it's not malicious. I'd say who I got the most stick from, Everton fans, when I said, Richarlison, what, oh, yes. what worth £50 million? Back. Wow, they went absolutely mental. Do you yeah. still stand with that opinion? I think he's a good young player. Yeah. But is he worth £50 million? Back? No. Mm, no. I don't think he is. Fair. Everton got mid-table. How many goals have well, got? How many goals have got? Exactly. Seven? I don't know. I don't really pay much attention. Uh, I must admit. Uh, Matt Bailey, Nigel's team um, of 0304 led division from Xmas, whereas promotion chase this time looks a little bit closer. Who in the team of 2003 and 4 were leaders in instilling the belief that we could do it? Great question. Um, this time around we lack players that have EFL promotion experience. Do you see any parallels in personnel when comparing mm. the two teams? It's interesting that because you spoke there before about you know, the whole defensive line had such good football league experience. We knew about that this time. Yes, Tim Krull has it, but Max and Jamal, they're both fantastic players, but haven't experienced promotion before. The same with Zimmerman. That's a, that's a great question. What, what do you reckon? I'm trying to think of that, that team back then, even though they were hardened championship players, I don't think any of them have been promoted before. Okay. okay. Might, maybe Ed Worthy, yeah, but yeah. that may, might have been after. Okay. Right. So it's only really myself who... Was at Man City. <clears throat> Spencer, maybe. I, but but we had leaders all the way through. Yeah. So it was just like you know Malka. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say Malka. Flem, you know, big Robbo up top. It was you know it's players that have played eight nine years in the championship mm. Mm. and they knew the league inside out and they knew what they had to do to get results. So slightly different now because like I say there's a lot of young lads and a lot of when I say inexperienced players they're not inexperienced but. They're not used to playing championship yeah. week in week out, so it might just be a, a new adventure, and you just take it, yeah. take it game by game, and see where you are. Do you think that will hinder us not having them out and out leaders, or maybe not leaders, but the, the people who haven't had them, you know, promotions? Well, we, we, you know, who would you say well, leaders? Leeds have probably got nobody. Yeah. Yeah, they've been promoted for God knows how long. Teams don't know what West to Brom. They've all they know is they've been relegated last season. So yeah, that's true. You know, Derby have not been promoted for Sheffield yeah. United. Not been promoted for. So you don't think this will hinder us? I, I don't think because I think everyone's in the same boat. Okay, interesting. Uh, Nathan Henderson, um, what was the main motivation behind moving to the MLS in brackets, the retirement league? At the time, I believe that you were still good enough to play for any top team in England. I won't say any top team. I think I would have got in any team in the championship. 
maybe if I really pushed it, I maybe could have gone Premier League. I don't know. But the reason I was not going to play against Norwich, so that was a re- mm. that was the only reason. Mm. So I, I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine it. You know, Rated I saw West. I saw West do it. You know, he was on the bench when I don't know if he came on did he? Uh, West Brom. Yeah. No, I don't think he did. I think he came on. I, I just couldn't. No, so I, I just took the decision that to go and see something different. And yeah, at one point I was packing up because nothing was. Even though I'd like few, quite a few offers over here, I told my agent that if it's not the MLS, then I'm I'm just going to pack up. Mm. So that, that, that's how that's how I felt, and you know, I, I, that's a bit probably sounds a bit stupid, really, but I just wouldn't. I'd rather not play than to play against Norwich. I respect that. Um, George asks, "What's your go-to Tesco meal deal?" Now I know you're not a Tesco man, but a meal deal. Say you're in boots. What are you what getting? You need a sandwich, sandwich, a snack, and a drink. I don't eat. Oh, not it'd, be a, it'd be a protein bar, and a protein shake. I, still... I don't. I don't eat sandwiches. You don't eat sandwiches. No, not no. Me. I don't. Why would you? Maybe a bit of sushi if I'm desperate for someone yes. to eat at lunch. Yes, boss. Yes, yes. Similar mold. I actually lived Boom. in California and I with sushi. Really? Yeah, because I couldn't be asked to do anything else. I couldn't really cook, so I just yeah. used there was the go sushi. So I just used to, I'd say more. The order. Japanese live the longest yeah. on planet Earth. There's a yeah. reason why sushi is the one. I'm telling you. I'm not really a sandwich person. Why would you be. waste your life eating prawn sandwiches? Sandwiches are amazing. Like, I, yeah, but yeah, but can't you tell? I'm, I'm, not I'm, saying, exactly. I'm not saying I don't like Look a sandwich, the but I wouldn't have a. I don't really eat lunch. So I, I, meal deals are lunch. Thing, well, yeah. you said last time on the podcast you didn't eat breakfast. So I don't eat breakfast either. So what do you, when do you eat? At night. <laughs> Like it's sushi. <laughs> no, this is this is interesting because I haven't found the question yet, but I did read it earlier, and they said Tesco you... meal deal is is desperate. Like it really is desperate. I don't know. I think there's definitely... it is. That's why I get my kids if they need a meal deal. Yeah. Um, are you still taking fitness and everything so seriously? Because it was a question. I'll find it in a moment. But someone asked. They knew that you were running a lot. You were eating well. Is that still something you take really seriously? Yeah, yeah, really serious. Why? I class myself as a professional athlete. I just pay myself now. <laughs> I do, I do. I, yeah, I train two, two yeah. or three hours a day. Good. Every day. I just, like I say, I pay myself now to do it. So what, why wouldn't you take it seriously, Jack? No, I'm just saying when a lot of football players retire, they often go the other way and they're like, well, I've got freedom now. It's amazing, Crofty. <laughs> Don't have a go at Lee Crofty. It's not his fault. He's only that big now because it had to measure up to his head. His head, used, his head used to be massive, didn't it? So he's got to like, get a bigger body so it all looks in proportion. In proportion. Now he looks like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying there, like, what, what's the difference in mindset then? Because some players either go, right, I've got freedom, I can do what I want, I can relax, mm. here we go. Players like you and others I just, go. I'm I've, always, I've always been the same since I was, I don't know, 17, 18, 19. That it was part of my work. So I see, it sounds stupid, but I do train every 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 morning, well, nine till 12, and I class it as my work. Really? So I've got it, that's, that's kind of my job still, mm. and I have to do it, and I, and that's always been the same. Is it to keep you, something to, keep, to focus on? Keep me drinking, so I can drink at the weekend. <laughs> I do, like, I do like, like a pint, it. no, it's not, it's not that, it's not no. that, but uh, I just thought I've always been the same, I, I, take, I take it very serious, I took preparation, yeah. 100% serious, so when I was playing... I hit the same every week. Mm. I train the same every week to be prepared for a, a game on a on a Saturday. Well, on a I remember Tuesday. you saying that if you were playing a midday game, you'd get up at two o'clock because yeah, yeah. you didn't like feeling heavy. Yeah, yeah. so it's nothing's really changed. I just do the same. Maybe not. But he's a different breed because everyone we spoke to says Hux was the best trainer. Hux mm. was the best trainer, so he's, yeah. he's abnormal. I'll take that. They all get on the pies after they retire. That's a big it? thing, though. It's a big thing because 
you know, I, when Spence was at Norwich, you know, I was one of the better players, and I'd thought that you know, if people could see me working hard and being the fittest I could be, mm-hmm. then nobody else had an excuse. Yeah, valid. Until until Crofty and Dean Ashton turned up. And it <laughs> so I think someone put that. But who's the worst trainer? Dean Ashton was it when, really? he, when, he, when he first got to Norwich? Dean. When he when he first got to Norwich, he was a joke. He didn't train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Was it because of his knees or something? Oh no, I do remember no, him because, saying... Because he was stiff. He said, well, Dario said I don't got, I ain't got a train. Yeah. <laughs> we just bought you for £3 million. You can't train Monday, Tuesdays. What's going on? He was all, he all, when he was on the podcast, he said that he loved a power shandy, which I'd never heard of before, which is a no. WKD and a... He loved it. He loved, yeah, that's why, because if he had one of them on a Saturday night, he couldn't train Monday or Tuesday. But what a player. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah It's, yeah, it's exactly. like, it's kind of terrible what happened to him, you know, yeah. in, his, in his prime, but... You know, I was looking to play with him and you know, what a player. He literally could do anything. Right, let's get on to the final few questions now. This was something I forgot to put on the agenda. It completely missed my mind. Nelson Oliveira going to Reading. Uh, Matt Sales has said, how long do you think Nelson, or how Love do you think that. Nelson will do at Reading? Um, love you all. Thanks, Matt. Um, Nelson to Reading. It's, it's, it's a shame for me, Nelson, because everyone I've spoken to has said you what a fantastic pro he was. It's obvious that him and Farker didn't see eye to eye, but there was a definite goal scorer in there. We saw it with Norwich for a little while. Are you a bit frustrated that we never quite saw that consistent player that we thought we might have at one point? There's no doubt he's, he's a talent. Uh, he showed spells when he was, mm. you know, unplayable at times. Mm. But he, I, I always thought he played for himself. Uh, you know, he'd take shots from 45 yards from ridiculous angles, never going to score. Scored one against Wolves. Yeah, the keeper chucked in. <laughs> didn't he? I, like, like I say, he's. I've read some of the other days, he's had nine clubs in mm. nine years. And it, it kind of thing happens every time he goes somewhere. He goes somewhere, he does pretty well for a little bit. And then he's, his form drops off. And then you're stuck with a player that you can't get rid of. Mm. So, you know, I wish him all the best because by all accounts, he's a nice lad. And there is a good player in there. But you know, we would you rather have up from Puki or. Mm. And, no disrespect, Puka's on probably the tenth of the money that mm. Oliveira's on. So, yeah. who's getting the better deal? Is it a tactical move by the club to sell him to Reading? Because well, he's on loan at the moment. Well, yeah, on loan to Reading because Reading have still got to play Ipswich, and if Nelson can help Reading, then surely that puts Ipswich more in trouble. Is that tactical, or is it just because Reading wanted him? Well, he, I think he's always been linked with Reading, hasn't he? I would say it's got nothing to do with that. Okay. It's because Reading are willing to stump up most of the yeah. wages, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's what they, let's face it, money talk. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. wouldn't it be lovely if he does send a certain team down and also helps us with our respect? He'll score goals at Reading, that's for sure. He will score goals at Reading. Okay, good. Sam Pitcher, should we be worried about Tim Closes and Daniel Farker's contract situations... Mm. Um, and in Huck's opinions, why are they left with so little time left with, before they're running out? Worries me a little bit. Uh, interested to know a former pro's opinion. Uh, well, I'll do it in two bits. Tim Closer, I would suggest it will depend where we are in what league we're in. Okay. Because obviously, probably one of the higher earners, and if we're still in the championship, definitely one of the higher earners. Would it be? Would it be the same situation as Bennett <clears throat> going? Mm. Probably, you know, obviously Ryan Bennett's done well for the last two seasons and it's probably down to money that he ended up leaving. So, well, depends what league we're in. Uh, do you like him? Yeah, I think he's yeah. been excellent this season. So yeah. I really do. I think yes. he's, he's been probably our most consistent <clears throat> centre-half when he's been fit. 
obviously Zimmer's done well as well and Hanley's done him, done okay when he's but I think he's in closer especially with the young lads in the team I think he's helped them immensely but I, I do think it'll be down to money would you not take a wage cut if you were Tim Close, though? At his point in his career, he loves the city, he's settled, he's getting games every week, he's even getting a sniff of the Swiss team now. Would you not take a pay cut for that consistency, Darren? I mean, you know I don't know, how much, anyone else I don't know how much money he's earned in his career. That's why I, I don't okay. know. I, I don't know what he... I ain't got a clue. Is but it about money at that point, or is it about playing football to last much, as long as possible? Depends on how much you've got. Fair play, yeah. I, I don't know. He's, I don't know. You know, all I would say is, you know, he seems like a... Well, I know he's a, he's a sound geezer, and yeah. uh, you know he's, he seems to love it in Norwich. But if someone's asking you to take a fifty, sixty, seventy percent pay cut mm-hmm. when you're out of contract on a free transfer, yeah. And know, do you it, think that would what it would be if well, we well, don't go up? I would assume it would be quite a bit. Okay, but I don't. I, I, I don't know what he's earning, but I would assume it's okay. substantial. But Daniel Farker, then talk to me. Uh, it's a Why has he not got a contract? It's a little bit strange. But I don't know. I'm hoping that it's been done ages ago and just going to say surprise. And yeah, 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 yeah. But wait till we beat Ipswich and then they announce it on the pitch in front of the fans. He seems like a pretty laid-back dude as well, though. So you know, he's probably just he knows he's in a good position. He's in a good bargaining position. Yeah. Just true. let's hope it don't go the other way where you know someone else comes in for him. That's what I'm worried about. Because if you're a German team, not just German teams, if you're another Championship team, you're thinking. Jesus, this guy has turned it around. He's adapted to the English game now. You know, let's not kid ourselves. He's probably cheap as chips as well. So, I, I'm with Darren. I don't think it's, well, yeah, valid, valid. But as you say, Daniel Farker probably holds the, a lot of the cards at the moment. And if I was I was Weber, I, I would certainly... I, I, I'm with Darren. I've got a suspicion that it's done. You'd like to think... You know, it's got to be done. Weber hasn't done much wrong so far. And he seems to know what he's doing. So, yeah. I would trust him that whichever way it goes that it's all in hand okay let's hope um, who was quicker in their prime Darren or Onel Hernandez it's not even a race <laughs> so Onel wins that oh don't miss it <laughs> okay um, that Birmingham by the way by the way, we, uh, we had to mention you mentioned last time because we played Birmingham that Birmingham goal came up yeah. from behind the halfway line and, and just watching that again just that that argument isn't an argument the thing with Onel oh, that's quick Anel is it? I think he's quick over two or three yards. I think I don't think he's okay. a proper thing with Anel is he's a steam train. Yeah, it's powerful. He's powerful. Yeah. Whereas I think Hux had more pace. So yeah, that's the difference. Right. Final question from Toby Gallant. Uh, he's got two actually. We've already answered question one from Toby. First one: Who's TV on for Russ versus Wes? <clears throat> not in the minute. Okay. So I didn't play with both. So, is there not a big enough paycheck on the sh- table? Though? Surely in your fitness, Hux, though, what's going on? I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I haven't been asked, so we'll see what happens. I'll speak to Russ, mate. Um, <laughs> what's your favourite goal you scored for Norwich? Probably the Birmingham one, I guess. Yeah. That's what. I scored a great one for against MK Dons. Once came over, smashed it. The decent, a good, good one against Arsenal. I think that's one. Yeah. If you, it always gets. Because obviously you see that, and then I say Safri goal where he smashed it from. Yeah, mm. that was blonde yeah. highlights area. Yeah. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a yeah. So Safri's goal was great, but they say oh, it's as good as the one. But I only took on like six players and ran <laughs> seventy yards with the ball. Not much. But Safri just smacked it and went for the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a Birmingham goal. Very nice. Okay, uh, right. It's Sheffield United up this weekend. 
Chris Wilder has said, Chris, that he's going to be coming to Norwich City with all guns blazing, all out attack. Well, I hope he's on time. What's your thoughts? I hope he's on time, mm. that's for sure. I hope his coaches anticipate the traffic because you know what he's like. He, he needs to make sure that he's on time. And of course, with the pedestrianisation of Norwich City centre, traffic is. It is, is, it the the fourth, it is the fourth average slowest speed in the UK, Norwich. So um, right. there you go, Stato for you. Look, I'm not going to get on the back. I, I hate Chris Wilder. I'm not going to hide it. I hate the guy. But. I have a ton of respect for Sheffield United as a football club and actually as well I do respect the fact that even though they do kick the shit out of people they do play some real fast paced positive and proactive football that's probably not too different to us in the sense of yes there's probably less possession with them but they are very direct and I and I think I think Darren's right I watched I watched the Swansea game and I, and I thought they were bang average as well but apart from that they have been impressive this season but they've always been knocking on the door haven't they but I hate Chris Wilder and there would be nothing that would fill me with more joy this weekend than to see his face sad as hell walking off the pitch moaning by the fact that the Norwich coach was late again Darren Chris Wilder is certainly a, an interesting character but there's no doubt he's a good manager done fantastic things with Northampton he's had a lot of promotions in his career and he's doing good stuff at Sheffield United he he's a man you'd love to hate but you wouldn't mind if he was your own would you no you'd, I think he's one of the managers you want to play for him mm. you know, it's a bit like Warlock I guess wouldn't want him in Norwich yeah. no way no would not want him <laughs> in Norwich I'm but, saying you, you'd love no. if he was yours I think you would that, for a player I get that for a manager like that nah go on <laughs> I'd say he's done a good job wherever, wherever he's been uh you know, you would say that his, his teams are moulded in his, in his kind of... Mm. It's going to be a proper game. And that's what, you know, if I was a player going into Saturday's game, I'd be looking forward to it. Really a chance to leave a good marker mm. and say, here we are. This is this is what we're going to do for the rest of the season. And you know, they'll probably be thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because, I don't know, how many points were ahead of them? Three, Three, I think. Yeah. So they could go above us if... Yes, they could. They could go above us. So that just shows you how important this game is. Mm-hmm. Where are the nerves at the moment, do you think, with both fans and also players. Do you think the players are going to be feeling nerves going into this, or is it? No, not. No, no. It's a massive game. It's what you pay for. This what this what you this what you work fifteen years for. This what you train from ten year old to mm. for these games. This is this what it's all about. And like I say you should be absolutely looking forward to this because I'm only doing the radio and I'm looking forward to it already. Already. It's because you get to spend the day with Rob Butler. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, and you get a bit of a better view on the gantry. But, uh, as a player. These are the games where you just want to be involved and hopefully you know, send your fans home happy. Mm. Brilliant. Any last words from either of you? Is the book still on sale, by the way? Can people still buy the book? <laughs> I don't think so. Is it not? You plug in the book. I'm not, I'm not plugging anything. I'm really, I'm really not. It's good, it's good, though. It's good, though. But, it is. But, yeah, no, I'm not plugging it. Brilliant. Chris. My final words are, if it all goes peak time against Sheffield United, which it probably won't, but if it does... Keep the faith because no matter what, we've got Ipswich at home, which is three points. So don't worry, Norwich fans. We hope. Darren, great to see you again, mate. Thanks so much Good for your time. Boys. Thank you. Thank you um, yeah, thank you very much for watching. Please subscribe on YouTube and also on iTunes if you haven't already. See you next week. Bye bye.